You ever start a movie late at night after a long day with no intention of finishing it, but it pulls you in? Then you have to talk about it with your friends and family because it was so good or so bad? You, my friend, are not alone. Welcome to the Midnight Watch Podcast. Welcome, true believers. Welcome back to the Midnight Watch Podcast, the podcast where we discuss the movies that we all love, secretly love, and love to hate. I'm your host, Jeremy, along with my brother, Josh, and today we have a really amazing episode for you guys. That's right, Jeremy. And here at the Midnight Watch, spoilers are everywhere, and we like to try and discuss movies that are at least 10 years old or older. At the end of the show, we'll rate these movies in three categories. One, did it hit its mark when it was released? Two, is it still relevant today? And three, for personal enjoyment. All right, enough said. What in the Stan Lee are we reviewing today, bro? Well, Josh, this wisecracking web slinger knows a thing or two about getting into sticky situations. And no, I'm not talking about Deadpool. Though he's been known to tangle with his webhead a time or two, comic book and Marvel film fans rejoice. Today, we are bringing you the 2002 classic, Your Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Excelsior! Man, I can't believe we're finally doing this one. I know we haven't really talked about this as much as The Matrix, but this one, <laughs> this one's, <laughs> this is this is a special one for us, for sure. This one, we did kind of tease it a little bit with Minority Report, talked about it briefly. Oh, yeah, you're right. But, um, yeah, no, we haven't got into, we yeah, we have not hyped this one up too much, but let, we got a lot to talk about with this one, so let's jump right in real quick. Yeah. Directed by Sam Raimi, the budget was originally 70 million and then it jumped up to 100 million and then this was I don't know if this was unprecedented at the time but they did 30 million to promote this. They promoted the crap out of this thing. This oh, yeah. is a big one. It took almost 20 years for them to finally make this movie. There was even James Cameron had a had a go at it and it was totally different right. film than what it would have been. So 100 million dollars, so 130 with with uh, promotion and then it made $825 million in 2002. So that's, that's a lot of money. Right. It's pretty I mean, awesome. it, it totally blew the doors off of previous attempts at superhero movies. I mean, we had the Spider-Man, or the, sorry, the Superman franchise, which was, was big you know, in the respectable. 80s. Did, it did its thing. Well, and I mean, that, was, the, that was big in the 80s. Sure. Early 80s. And then you had Batman. Yeah. And then there was, you know, four Batman movies that were definitely a thing that, that, that put, you know, comic book heroes probably up bigger than Superman, I would say. Yeah. And uh, this, though, I mean, and then we had X-Men. They Marvel made a stab at, at X-Men, which which did really well. That came but out in 2001, the year before this. Right. But it was still, it, it almost, I don't want to say it had a, an underground kind of vibe to it, but it just did not have the punch that finally bringing Spider-Man to the big screen did. This well, this movie was unreal. How big this was! Oh yeah, I would say um, as much as X Men is big now and it's a household name, but when it first came out, unless you were a Marvel fan, you didn't really know who uh, X Men were. What I would assume, but Spider Man, I w- is the most popular Marvel character of all time. Right, and so you know DC had Superman, and then they had Batman, which Batman in nineteen eighty nine. 
Uh, I would say this movie was similar in the hype with Batman of 1989. Like, that was a big deal when that movie came out because it was the serious Batman. Right, Um, yeah. Not the goofy Adam West one. Right. So, this one, though, yeah, it was big. Uh, Let's see. I remember, shoot, when this movie was coming out, like, everybody was talking about it. People were so hyped. And it was coming out at an interesting time because the first teaser trailer dropped that had the helicopter that he he took down between the two towers, twin towers, and then 9-11 happened, and so they had to edit part of the movie to edit out some of that. Right. And, but then they, um, yeah, so the hype of this well, movie... Well, I heard, they, I heard they pulled that promo spot, too. They did. It's still, actually, it's up on, you can Google it on YouTube, right. YouTube it on YouTube. I actually watched it, because I never saw it, actually, before a couple days ago. I just heard about it. Mm-hmm. And but that that scene though I don't think that scene was ever supposed to be in the movie I think that was just supposed to be no. a teaser trailer. That's yeah that's what I read is that it was designed just just to be specifically not related or not nothing from the movie but just to grab people and pull them in which I kind of wish they did that more and I, I know that Deadpool kind of did some of that and I know other movies have too but I wish that was more of a common practice so that because you know how it is these days. A lot of times, the entire movie is in the preview. Oh, especially, it's so bad with Sony, especially, like, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. It was literally a two-minute breakdown of that whole movie. And right. And I hate it when they put, I mean, okay, so, Sony did it with this movie, too, but not as bad, though. This movie, they do have the last scene from the movie in the trailer, but with The Amazing Spider-Man 2, like, you literally saw the whole plot. In this one, they kind of hide the plot. Um, right. They... The thing that was cool about this one, I remember it as I was watching the trailer again after I watched the movie, and I remember this trailer very vividly because it was like they didn't tell you hardly any story for the second theatrical trailer. It was just like this awesome song that came out in the early 2000s that was in like every preview, but it was like this movie is going to be freaking dope. It's going to be tight, and you have to go see this movie. It's funny. I actually don't remember the previews very well from this movie, but I totally remember the one from the second movie with Doc Ock when Peter and Mary Jane are sitting in the cafe talking and yeah. then all of a sudden he like he he move, he starts, you know, moving her out of the way as that car is being flipped through the window over them. That whole segment oh, was yeah. that to me was just like, what is that? Yeah. Right? Oh dude, it was so cool. And you know what's funny? We always reference the Matrix. The first theatrical trailer has the theme song from the Matrix in the trailer. And really? It's like, yeah, he's like, who am I? Are you sure you want to know? And it's playing the whoa, whoa, like Matrix music. And <laughs> I was like, oh, there it is. There's the connection right there. Mm-hmm. But all right, let's see who we got Every, starring in this. Everything is connected to the Matrix. Everything is connected. All yeah, right, give, us, have, give us a quick rundown here. Who's in we it? We got... Uh, Still, uh, right here. Let's see. We got to- starring Toby Maguire, Totes Maguire, and we got <laughs> Kirsten Dunst. Totes. totes. <laughs> um, we got James Franco. We have Willem Dafoe. I'm gonna sorry, uh, Joe. We got Joe Manganiello. Um, I think Man- I said Manganiello. I think is that how you said Manganiello? Did not remember him in this movie, and I was right. like, oh snap! This well, is he looks his first- like a he looks like a baby practically. Oh yeah, Compar- beard- he's such like a grizzled dude and like the stuff you see him in these days right and then but in this thing i mean he was you know clean clean shaven really clean cut this was this was his first big screen appearance actually and then we got 
We got Elizabeth Banks. We have the almighty J.K. Simmons. Yes. We have Rosemary Harris and Cliff Robertson. We've got Randy Savage. We've got Octavia Spencer is in one scene in this movie. We have yeah. Bruce Campbell. We have Ted Raimi. We even have Jim Norton literally in one scene, which is hilarious. Just seeing him in that one scene. Um, <laughs> I didn't see her, but apparently Lucy Lawless is in this movie. Did you see her in this yes. movie? Yeah, she's the punk rock she? girl. She's the punk rock girl when he first gets to New York and everybody's talking about who Spider-Man is. And, and she's like, ooh, a guy with eight arms sounds kind of sexy or something like that. I did not even recognize her. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty that's pretty intense. So, yeah, we've got tons of people in this movie. The list goes on and on. Uh, Ryan Filippi, I think I said his, his last name right. He's in this movie. I don't remember him in this movie. But, I don't either, yeah. actually. What was All he? Was he one of the... It doesn't. Was he say, one of the classmates or something? You know, he probably was because a lot of those classmates are like guys that you see in a ton of those movies right around that same time. All right, let's do this. I want to say right off the bat, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think hands down the best actor out of this movie is Willem Dafoe. Bro, he just. I am complete agreement with you. Well, with the exception of Bruce Campbell. Let's be real here. Real talk. Well, Bruce Campbell did great as his one-dimensional character, and I love Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Willem Dafoe, though, plays so many different versions of himself in this movie. He plays himself yes. as a father figure, that kind of a douchebag father figure to Harry, but he likes Peter because Peter's a scientist and he appreciates him. And he's kind of disappointed in Harry, though we don't say why. But he plays that character, and then he gets the serum, which I don't think it technically makes him crazy. I think, well, I mean... If you're willing to murder somebody and you have no, you don't care about it. Yeah, I guess that makes you crazy technically. But he's right. calculated. He's cold. He's uh, he's definitely psychotic. And right. Well, I feel like it takes away his inhibitions. I mean, he's a to be a, a successful business owner. I totally believe there's a level of cutthroatness yeah. that you have to have. And I think the serum definitely, at least, just yeah, removed those inhibitions and made him the ultimate cutthroat businessman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, technically yeah realistically i don't think he cut anybody's throat actually but he blew him up and he disintegrated them and stuff but he just is so good though if you watch him in every scene like the scene when he talks to himself in the mirror realizing that yeah. the green goblin's there and then he and because i guess he, at first he blacks out when he first does his evil shenanigans but right. and then like the scene where he gets introduced to mary jane and he's just like sizing her up and like smiling at her like hey what's up doll like in like his a, lips like a wolf super creepy way yeah. But yeah, but then like he really is excited to see he's happy to see Peter and then once he finds out that Peter's Spider-Man, he's like really beating himself up with that cuz he really likes Peter. Right. And he's just such a good actor. This was the first movie yeah. I saw him in and I was like uh yeah, oh, we didn't even we jumped right into it. So, first thing, uh, when I first first saw this movie, you and me went to go see it a couple months before you got married. I was 15 and you were 21? 22. 22 uh this is the first pg-13 movie that i ever saw in theaters because i was uh homeschooled and very sheltered and <laughs> this was but this movie was pretty mind-blowing and so yeah. it was just it was awesome i think both of us were big fans of spider-man growing up love the yeah. spider-man 90s cartoon show and yep. it was just well, i got awesome. to watch when i was real little i got to watch uh the original 60s spider-man cartoon it would come on Oh, really? That's there, I there was a brief period where mom would let me watch it. 
That's cool. I hadn't yeah. see, I didn't see that until like literally years later. I didn't. Oh, even, oh, like after 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 the fact, huh? Yeah, like the whole Spider-Man theme song. I never heard it until like yeah years later, and yeah, did a deep dive on that. I think you bought me that Ultimate Spider-Man guide book for Christmas one year. Oh, that's that's not familiar. I had like a. T- I still have that. Still has like a ton of Spider-Man facts up to like two thousand and one. Really fascinating stuff. Anyways, um. Yeah, so this is a big movie. This is like the last movie that we saw together as brothers before you got married. And yeah. that was really well, special correct, time. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know that you and I had ever gone to the movies, just the, you know, just the two of us. I, I think, don't think so. Not that our family really went to the movies that often up to that point. I think there was, I think we went and saw Toy Story 2. Yeah, that was and the, like, yeah. Was that maybe the first one we all went to as a family? Yeah, no, it like, was. Yeah. And then... I like Monsters Inc. I remember seeing that. Yeah, waited a year, guys. but until it was it... it was probably <laughs> Pixar movies. It was. it was the first our first outing to see things as a family. But this one what was a couple things. Like I just I vividly remember this just with our age difference, especially back then. I mean i I didn't hate you. I didn't consider you like an annoying little brother. But just fifteen and twenty two. I mean, I'm about to get married, and you're just barely getting into high school. And there's just such a our lives are just so different. Our life experiences were just so drastically different at that time. But this was something that I felt like we really got to come together on. And I just remember being so stoked to go with you to the movies to see this one, because we hadn't seen many movies together Two, It's freaking Spider-Man. We're super juiced about that. It looked amazing. It looked super awesome. The previews, all the hype, the style, I mean, the posters, everything. Oh yeah. Looked incredible. And, uh, yeah, I just remember being so excited. I don't, I don't know. I really can't think of another movie that I was so excited to go see. I, there's I, been a few, but this one is a, this was a milestone film for me. I think the know, only to one get that to was, go see with you. Yeah. I think the only one that was close to this was Spider-Man two when that came out, because mm-hmm. that was a huge deal. I had the poster of Spider-Man two on my wall for years. Right. And Did we go see that one together too. Yeah. Uh, I think Spider-Man three, I went with some friends to see it in IMAX and uh i think i actually have only seen that movie once all the way through but uh spider-man one yeah, though seen too. multiple times seen spider-man two multiple times but anyways yeah no this was a huge deal though in this movie though like big big deal and so many people were going to see this movie it just was uh, a lot of people liked it, it got like 95 percent something like that it's really yeah. highly regarded it was a legit it was legit uh, blockbuster man i i think oh it yeah for sure was the well i don't know i guess should have done some more research on tim burton's batman as far as the how that was as a blockbuster but i just feel like this movie legit raised the bar on the superhero movie genre and i feel totally kicked off the modern era of of superhero movies that we see today that have culminated in you know the masterpiece that is the the mcu Oh uh, yeah, D- DC putting out some really you know some pretty good quality stuff. Well, this uh, movie, yeah. yeah, I feel like there's several different bars. There was Superman in '78 when that came out because that was a huge right. deal. There was Batman in '89. There's Spider-Man in 2002, and then there was Iron Man and the Dark Knight in 2008, which morphed into what we have today as right. superhero movies. So if you compare the modern day superhero movies to this movie, this movie is cheesy. This sure. movie, yeah, and uh, just as you know, you go back, you watch every movie that are landmark films. They're all cheesy compared to today. But they broke 
the barriers that had never been thought of before. CG was right. still really new. Oh and yeah, dude, we got okay. We got a lot to talk about this movie. There's okay, so this movie uh, gets some gets some flack now because it's cheesy and people are like, oh wow, like the new movies are so much better. Well, I would hope so. Like I hope that sure. every Spider-Man version gets better. Uh, Tom Holland kills it as Spider-Man. I love him as Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, Tobey Maguire at the time really liked him as Spider-Man, thought he was good. Actually, I, I liked him as Peter Parker. I didn't think he quite nailed yes. it as Spider-Man. No, he is an excellent Peter Parker and a so-so Spider-Man. And I Actually, was, I think he's a terrible Spider-Man, actually, when you look back at it. Right. Compared to uh, what he's evolved into. And then I feel like the Amazing Spider-Man was the opposite. Andrew Garfield was, like, too cool for Peter Parker. Oh, and yeah. then great job as Spider-Man and Tom Holland. Holland nails it on both sides. Yeah. And I'm ex- I'm glad with what they're doing with the new movies, uh, even though they're playing different than the original stuff. But hey, we've already got several versions of Spider-Man. Let's go, you know? Yeah. Let's do it. But um, yeah, so this movie, as I was watching it, I was like, dude, th- this is da- a dated movie. As in, like, Sam Raimi was very inspired by lots of old school films. Like, the way I was, that... Yes, I was totally going to go into that. Keep going. The way that he films this movie is, like... That sometimes people will be like, oh, yeah, this was great. And then they're just kind of smiling at each other and the scene fades into the next scene. And I'm like, you don't see that in movies anymore. That was a, that's a classic movie right. editing process. Um, I just thought that was so cool. This movie's very, uh, very, very classic comic bookish as well. Like the, yeah. the language, like the way they talk, the over the top, like, we'll meet again, Spider-Man. Like all yeah. of that is like... You could you could see that in a comic book. He was um, Sam Raimi's a huge comic book fan. He's over twenty five thousand personal comics uh, or comics in his personal collection, and that helped him to net the option to actually direct it. He wasn't the first pick, but he he got right. the role. And anyways, uh, yeah, I got a, a lot to say. So yeah, jump in. Well, I was just gonna say his to me, Raimi really has like a like a sixties Hollywood vibe. Yes. Yes. And you see that in this movie, which to me makes this movie a classic. Like you're you're watching it. Yes, it's an old movie. Yes, it's dated, but mm-hmm. it's so well done in that classic Hollywood style that I feel like it kind of makes it eternal a little bit. And right. it's cheesy, but it's there's there's thoughtfulness to the cheesiness. It's it's almost like he you he was teasing. Like you knew you know that he was he was being a little bit cheesy while he's making it and that's kind of the point which I think is different from a movie that is taking itself way too serious, then it becomes dated, and then it's just kind of a, a laughing stock, right? About how bad it is. But this one, I feel like it, 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 the way it was shot, it kind of was able to have some built-in longevity and grace because of that kind of old-fashioned style that it is. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that it, yeah, if it took its for when it came out it was considered like a pretty serious film and yeah. that goes to show how filmmaking has evolved in the last 18 years since it's been out it's kind of funny right. it's about 18 years for it to get made now we're reviewing it 18 years later hey but like if it came out now people i don't would not enjoy it as much but at the time it was like perfect it people loved it it just it was awesome well so. it was a good transition from the goofiness of like the batman movies Mm-hmm. which i mean they were they were dark i guess for the time but they were having fun this movie has a very fun element to it it's not necessarily funny like mm-hmm. the humor the humor in the movies that have come out in the last five years five to ten years it's real comedy like 
really, really solid jokes are written into these movies. The stuff from this one was it was it's a fun movie. I, I don't know if that makes sense yeah. between uh, my kids actually realize that right away too. They're just they're like the new ones are way funnier. And yes, you laugh and it's cute. It's like cute funny, I guess. A lot of the jokes, right? There, there's the yeah. I don't I don't know how to put that. I know what you mean. It's it's hard to hard to express exactly right. uh, what you're saying. Oh, real, I want to do a shout out to to Danny Elfman doing the soundtrack. Oh yeah, his, his scoring. To me, kind of like how Danny Elfman works really well with the, the the whimsy, whimsicalness of Tim Burton. I feel like his style lent itself very well to uh, to Sam Raimi's kind of classic Hollywood. This the scoring for this movie was very classic Hollywood. I thought with lots of lots of brass, lots of da 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 da, kind yeah. of big dramatic, over the top you know, horn parts and, and, and whatnot different from like a John Williams. This one, it just worked really well with that. Oh yeah. Well, it's a, for example, he also did the original theme song to Batman. Okay. Well, not the original, original, the eighties th- theme song. Right. And the 89 you know, Tim Burton. Right. And then, uh, which is kind of funny. He also did the theme to the remake of planet of the apes, the Tim Burton remake, which was also in the Spider-Man theatrical trailer. And I was like, Hey, I recognize that. Um, right. But yeah, no, I totally agree. Because it's just like the one sequence where the 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 Green Goblin is at the fair and he's bombing places and Mary Jean's screaming and then all of a sudden, randomly, you get this sequence of this girl go, hey, it's Spider-Man! And then he like right. ro- flies in and saves the day. And like now it's kind of like that. It, it's a little cheesy, but the way that he does it, I only... I didn't think it was cringy cheesy. It's fun cr- cheesy. It's like... Uh, yeah. It's like classic... It, it does have a lot of feel of the 60s Spider-Man mixed in with the modern day. It, there's a lot. That's true. There's a lot of mixing of different types of Spider-Mans in this movie. Right. For sure. There's a strong backbone, I feel, of the original 60s Spider-Man. But you can't deny there's that modern twist for early 2000s that is yeah. very much a part of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. I will say the dialogue between Mary Jane and Peter for the love, uh, the love scenes, or I should say... I don't know what I'm saying. Josh, help me out. <laughs> His, the, the, yeah, the romantic, the, I don't know, man, the flirting with each other. Yeah, all that. It's That's like very cheesy. And my wife's like, you know, Peter Parker's kind of creepy. And I'm like, oh, just give me a little bit. <laughs> just be quiet, you. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's fun. It's not supposed to be taken seriously. But at the same time, though, this movie really got me emotionally in a couple parts where I just like the seriousness where you can tell he's struggling with himself while I'm trying to do the right thing. This movie does not have a big story like I remember. It's not actually an epic story. It's pretty tight. The Green Goblin knows Peter Parker on a personal level, which is what makes it super personal. Right. And, and the fact that Peter doesn't realize it till the end. I mean, that's yeah, that was cool, too. That, that makes it more emotional for him when he finally... You know, he's been fighting this person and all of a sudden he knows the face and not, it's not just a face. This is somebody he respects yeah. and not just somebody he respects it's his best friend's dad. So it's like a, it's a double whammy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a big one. There is so much low key good acting from Cliff Robertson and Rosemary. Oh, um, Harris. Yeah. Just like really they're from good. another time again, going with the classic vibe. Those guys, those two actors are from another time period. I mean, it's yeah. They they have a classical type of 
acting skill that lends itself really well, not just to their age in the movie, but it just, it fits really well. But yeah, it's, it's, it's low key. It's yeah. amazing. There's a, every once in a while, every, every, I don't know, five, 10 years, movies change and evolve to a new version. And then you look back at the movies beforehand, and you're like, oh, those movies were cheesy, which at the time they were awesome when they came out because that's what people expected. And it's cool just seeing Sam Raimi really mix it because he created, well, not he, the, the team created like new camera work, like they, like an actual Spider-Man web slinging camera that they had to, they created to actually get these sweeping scenes to put Spider-Man in. Right. So they were doing all all kinds of cool stuff. That still, some of that stuff, some of those, those shots still hold up really well. Oh and yeah! Some of what makes the CG look bad is the quality of our TVs these days. The whole time that I was watching this movie, I was like, "Man, I wish I was watching this in standard definition. It would have looked so much better." It will also too. They were still figuring out ragdoll effects and like how fast people actually move or how slow they move. Right. So Spider-Man moves too fast for a human in different scenes. That just doesn't make sense. Right. And they've really mastered that in the new Marvel movies, so it's a lot easier to trick your brain into like the. There's always a line of disbelief in movies, right. and as long as you don't pass that line, you can do all kinds of crazy stuff. I know they call that jumping the shark, and they don't jump. I don't. They don't jump the shark in this movie. I don't think, but it does pull you out of theater or out of the movie slightly when you're like, well, he's moving too fast. So you're like, oh, that's right. that's fake. But there's a I lot feel of like, this. Sorry, finish your thought. I was just gonna say, there's actually a lot of this movie though is practical effects like for yes, example the spider that bites peter parker most of that was a real spider that they had like a little shell that they had painted and put that on top of the black widow and then they had actually uh there's only a couple sequences with that spider that's cg most of that is a real spider they had a spider wrangler on set it's, it's pretty legit wow that's old school hollywood man i i love that just the fact that Studio, I mean, it sucks these days. Not that CGI is a bad thing, but it's it's so cheap. Oh yeah, uh, money money wise, it's so cheap for them to. You know, it used to be a big deal to use CGI. Now it's completely gone the other way, where you can't afford to do practical. Yeah, uh, it's more expensive. Effects. Yeah, and so anytime you see that, I mean, it's it's kind of becoming a lost art just because, just for, uh, budget constraints. But I, I love the fact, and I, I read it. I read that Sam Raimi specifically, even though. He knew he was going to be using CGI and it was new technology and he was he was very okay with that. I love the fact that he was not willing to go 100% on the CGI. Yeah. Case in point, the other big movie that year was The Clone Wars. And Attack of the Clones, yeah. Attack of the Clones. That was, I mean, it, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not just trying to rag on that movie, but it's too much CGI. And it wasn't good CGI yet to where you could pull that off. And that movie is... It feels like it's 80% CGI. Yeah, the first two especially. The third movie, they do it. I mean, obviously, it's evolved in the five years from the first movie to the third movie. But I, I totally agree that they're harder movies to watch versus this movie yeah. doesn't have... It has a lot of CGI in it, but even not even as close to as much CGI as like the new Marvel movies. But then again, like we said, this is... Oh, yeah. CGI is still C- CGI was still pretty new. I mean, now they can right. de-age people and it totally looks real, you know? Right. Yeah, considering you can you can really put full actors and actresses in, and it's sometimes it's impossible to tell. Yeah. Uh, but another good example from that year, from two thousand two, um, uh, Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. Yeah. That movie is amazing, and they 
Peter Jackson does a really great job of not overdoing special effects. Uh, in my opinion, it's not really until Return of the King when or no Treebeard was in the Two Towers, right? Yeah. So that part did not age well. In fact, it didn't look good <laughs> when it came out. Really, it started yeah. to do an it started to do an end and make it look um, look good. But anyways, that's just another example of somebody embracing special, you know, the traditional special effects, real um, practical versus just CGI. So, anyways, bringing it all the way back around, I'm glad. Even though that's the special effect, the CGI is a little bit dated. I'm I'm still glad that Sam Raimi didn't want to completely. Yeah, no, it's not. His, throw all of his chips in on it. It's dated, but it's not horribly dated. Where you're like, mm-hmm. oh my god, this looks so bad. Which there are some right. other movies. Don't get me wrong. Like, do not get me wrong. I have I have no. I don't hold cheesy movies against themselves. Like I some, no. of, my, some of my favorite movies are horrible movies. Right. Um, but oh, hey, did you watch that uh, that Japanese Spider-Man video I, I sent you? I didn't get a chance to. I've seen a <laughs> teaser for it, but Stan Lee was not a fan of that. I could see where he wasn't, but oh my gosh! So I've known about the the Japanese Spider-Man show slash movie that came out in the seventies, mm-hmm. and dude, it was it was so much fun. I finally watched it because the girls and I had watched this movie, and then we started going down a rabbit hole of rabbit trail of uh, we <laughs> I showed I showed them the the 90s Captain America movie oh which was dude. so terrible I and mean, it was movie. like a train wreck oh, but they couldn't man. stop watching it I kept telling them we don't have to watch this anymore this oh it's so bad we have to keep dude. watching okay quick quick <laughs> quick trivia real quick the guy who directed that was originally uh-huh. like wrote a treatment for the Spider-Man movie and they wanted him to do the Spider-Man movie no way and but he uh yeah unfortunately uh, i should say fortunately fortunately yeah funding fell through and it then it shuffled to the next player wow but yeah that was bad but that that led me to oh let me show them the spider-man stuff from the 70s which is terrible it's so <laughs> bad but surprisingly the japanese one i thought was better because it, that spider-man definitely had some martial arts that was it actually so. entertaining yeah, it was in a in a Power Rangers sort of way. <laughs> That's what I thought for myself from the trailer because I know the the American '70s show is pretty boring. Oh, it's so slow and yeah, Spider Man is just boring. Like when he's in costume, he doesn't do anything. Right. And the Japanese one, I mean, he's doing flips and he's doing kung fu, and then the bad guys are super entertaining. I guess if you appreciate <laughs> Power Rangers and and ro- giant robots and <laughs> heck yeah, it's not all Spider-Man. that goofy stuff. It would, dude, so much fun. I don't know how I ended up on that, but uh, oh, cheesy for cheesy's sake! Right. That is so cheesy, and I loved it. Yes, absolutely. So, everybody, check way. out Spooderman. Spooderman. <laughs> is that how they? That's pretty I think that's awesome. That's how they said it. Yeah. So going back to uh, the 2002 version of Spider-Man, uh, let's yeah, what's the, real quick. This is the first movie that has the classic, now classic, Marvel comic intro, like with the the pages flipping and all that. Oh this yeah! This is the first one when it uh, it got a standing ovation during the premiere because people were so jacked about it. They were like freaking excited about this movie. This was the movie, right? Okay, so it's funny too. A little history of Marvel. Marvel sold sold off most of the movie rights to lots of its characters because they were about to go out of business. Right. And then X Men and Spider Man saved the Marvel comics pretty much. Right. And then now they're a huge juggernaut owned by Disney, bought for $4 billion by Disney. And it's just crazy now, you know, how that worked. You know what's funny, right. though? 
there, I, there's a couple references to other Spire or to other Marvel comics, but there's like blatant references to DC when he's all like, yeah, up and away, Shazam. Right. And then like, <laughs> you're it, not Superman. Right. And he <laughs> says that like, it's, I like in this world that the super, that the DC comics are comics. Cause that's the difference though. DC is never, is not based in real world. They're based right. in their own world. Technically. And well, for example, like Metropolis is pretty much New York, but right. Spider-Man is in New York. Like all of the Marvel characters are in real cities. Yeah. And so I thought that was kind of funny how they're just kind of like, yeah, the DC comics are they're comics. They're not real superheroes. Right. It's not real life. It's not real life. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty awesome. This movie, I it was also two. I this was the first DVD that I ever bought as well. And it's not bad. I yeah. don't think that's, I think that's a cool first DVD purchase. I didn't even have a DVD player. I just bought it on DVD and I was so Did excited. mom and dad have a DVD player? No. Wait, really? No, I did this. We didn't have a DVD player until I bought a PS2, but. Oh, wow. Dude, our cousin though, Sterling, he had a PS2 and he came to visit and I was like, man, I got Spider-Man and he thought it was the game. He's like, cool, let's play it. And I was like, dude, <laughs> it's the, it's the movie. And he was like, oh, What? So we watched that. So then I finally, I, I bought, I literally bought the DVD and didn't watch it for like a month or two until until he cousin, came and visited. Yeah, because I didn't have a DVD player. And I thank, I thank you, Sterling. Thank you, Sterling. Yeah, still have that actual DVD. Oh, and cool thing too. This was DVDs used to do a really good job of this, where they'd have like hours of behind the scenes content. Oh yeah. And the blue, the the new Blu-ray movies. A lot of them now they're just which they can hold up to like way more than a DVD play a DVD can. But they don't pack them out like they used to with DVDs. Yeah. And the cool thing about the Spider-Man trilogy that's on Blu-ray is they, they transported all the stuff from the DVDs onto the Blu-rays. Even though they're not in HD, the extras aren't in HD, it's still cool to have all of them. So I, oh, I watched, yeah. I watched well, all that it's stuff. It's basically documentary stuff at that point, which I don't think personally has to be in high def unless you're doing a nature documentary or something. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But they have some great commentaries on it. It's cool. So I got a couple issues with this movie. Uh, before we get into issues, because we've kind of been gushing about this movie for a while, obviously. Sure. Can, obviously I, can I gush movies. one more time? Yeah, go gush away. Dude, Uncle Ben's Oldsmobile, right? Oh, yeah. Am I, am I right? Oh, yeah. You recognized it, right? Yeah. yeah so that, for, for any of you Evil Dead fans out there, that's the Oldsmobile that, that Ash drives. Yes, that's or Sam Raimi's car. Is it his actual car? I couldn't. I couldn't remember whose uh, whose it was. I believe it's yeah, Sam's Raimi. Sam Raimi's car because they. I could be wrong, but they had no budget when they shot it. Walking the or uh, what was shoot? What was the the first one? It was like an eleven minute episode, and then they got enough money to make Evil Dead. It's called like Walk in the Woods or something like that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he did a few uh short films like that. But you're right. right. When they were in high school, and then they finally got enough money to shoot Evil Dead, and then they had to shoot. Re- okay, anyways, we're going into Evil Dead. Uh, but yeah, anyways. but that's the car though. So any of you Sam within Raimi, the woods? Was it within the woods? Anyways, okay. Last last gush before we bash it, and then we can go back to gushing over it. But uh, that first jump scare when mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe wakes up. Yeah. Um, after his first encounter, or when he turns into the Green Goblin and kills the, the lab assistant, I totally forgot about it, and both me and the girls just jumped when that when he goes ah when he just like pops oh, up yeah. like that classic 
horror jump scare is awesome. I just I love to see there's there's not a lot. I feel like there is more tongue in cheek horror elements in the second film, mm-hmm. um, but there was still a little bit in this one which I thought was was pretty. Dude, cool. I haven't seen the second movie in forever. I know, uh, and I we do need to review that one, and I can't wait to watch that one. That was yeah, I think that I, was definitely the best out of the three. I almost turned it on actually after this first one was over. I Me was too. The it. girls were like that too. We're like, well, let's put the second one on, but it was like too close to bedtime. Well, I definitely agree. Also, so one thing about this movie is this movie is not a great self-contained movie like other classic movies. This movie's screaming for a sequel, and it has an awesome. It has a great sequel that's better than the first one. And sure. by lots that the second movie until I think the Dark Knight was considered to be the best superhero movie ever made. Oh and, yeah. And even now, some people are still saying Spider-Man 2 is the, is the best. I, I need to watch it again for my own personal uh, to enjoyment to check it out. But, yeah. yeah, no, that was like, oh, we've arrived. Spider-Man 2, like, there was a lot of critics that... Oh, th- the thing is, before this, a lot of people thought superhero movies couldn't be made, that they were dumb. There was kids, schlock. And right. this movie was... the Superman was a huge deal when it came out. Batman was a huge deal when it came out. Then the Batman sequels got worse and worse, more and more campy. And then like this movie came out and all of a sudden, oh, new heights, new heights. Like, yeah. And that's when people started throwing around this stupid idea of, of uh, superhero fatigue, which is right. It's not going to happen guys. Right. I'm sorry. Here we, here we are 18 years deep. Yeah. And it's no still one's, going no one's strong. Fa- no one's fatigued. Not even right. close. You give us okay, good, fine. good Last stories. Thing. Yeah, Willem Dafoe, dude, is shredded as usual. That dude has got one of the best physiques oh, yeah. in all of Hollywood. I don't care how old that guy gets. He does tend to look more and more like a dried piece of jerky, but that <laughs> dude is fit. That guy is, oh my gosh. Yeah, and it really helped out for him actually mastering flying the glider. Like A lot of people were impressed at how fast, because he's really athletic. Yeah. Uh, they were really impressed about that, so that that's pretty cool. All right, break out the bat. All right. The brass knuckles. So let's see here. Tear it apart. Tear it apart. Okay. So some issues I have here. There is, there's some big plot holes in this movie that don't make sense. <laughs> I don't really think it matters, honestly, because I don't think this movie's supposed to be taken too seriously. Like the, unlike the Dark Knight and other stuff. But my wife pointed out a great point though. When Peter gets bit, he's not doing anything wrong and he saw the spider bite him and he's starting to get sick. So like, why does he not would go to the hospital or be like, Hey, I got bit by a potential poisonous spider. I have no idea. I'm going to go to the hospital. He doesn't tell anybody. And in an alternate universe, right. he would just quietly pass away. <laughs> and <then> right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I thought that was uh, once uh, my wife pointed that out. I was like, Oh, that's a, that's a really good point there because he's not doing anything wrong. It's not like he sneaks into a lab and he's like, Oh, I shouldn't be in here. Right. Like, and, or like in the, in the new animated Spider-Man, the, the multiverse one, Mm-hmm. Um, when he gets bit, they're trespassing and they're they're tagging, you know, a wall where they shouldn't be. So that obviously lends to the oh crap, I can't, I can't report this, you know. Right. Well, plus he at the same time he just everybody gets bit. He didn't even really see what bit him. He was just like, eh, something bit me. And he kind of moved on. But yeah, in the lab, we we're like, this is a big deal. Like this should not be happening. You that would should have been really serious. <laughs> <laughs> right. He should have told somebody, gone to the hospital, even if he just said, like, I don't know what bit me or whatever. But that, um, who cares? Which is kind of funny, though, because, like, so Sam Raimi specifically didn't put web shooters in this movie because he was like, it doesn't make logical sense that a high schooler could make something that is just unbreakable and blah, 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 that people, and 
So he chose to to have it where the web comes from Peter Parker's veins naturally. The but genetic then, thing, yeah. The genetic thing, which uh, at the time when that came out, I was disappointed that they didn't have web shooters, which is why I was excited for the Amazing Spider-Man. But um, but then I was like, okay, whatever. But then it's funny you see other things and you're like, wait a second, so that's one thing that you had to hang up on, right? But anyways, but uh, I, but I gotta say, especially if you are gonna follow that out, it I get his his line of thinking because that would have been. How would you create that? This is a poor, poor blue collar kid. Like, how could he afford to do that? Versus, flash forward to today, you have ac- kids have access to three D printers either through their school, especially if you're a poor kid. Yeah, uh, it's actually kind of makes more sense that you could potentially create something like that, some actual hardware. That's a very good point. Another uh, thing. So, there's two things that I thought about. When I first saw this movie, and I'm watching it again now, I feel like there's still two issues with this. There's actually not a lot of action in this movie. Right. This movie doesn't have any huge fight sequences. Like, it's it's very much... Uh, they bring the action, if I remember, on the, in, on the second movie, which is why people love the second movie. But, anyways... So, yeah, so that's kind of disappointing. You don't really see... I think it's part of it, though, is they didn't really know how to film it. I think that's a big issue. And Because even two years later of having this new technology, when the second movie came out, they were like, all right, let's see what we got. Right. But um, So that was a gripe, and that was something I remember, actually, when I left the theater, was I was a little disappointed there wasn't more action in it. But I loved the movie, though, because it, it was a great Spider-Man movie at the time. Right. And then uh, the other thing, too, is the I was di- very disappointed... When I saw this movie, and still now, but now I understand why they did they made this choice. I was disappointed in the design of the Green Goblin suit because yeah, they yeah. they were trying to make it as serious and not stupid. Because in the comics, he's got a very specific look, and right, well, it's, it's a very clown almost looking mask that he wears. Right, and it's I think. The sec, the Amazing Spider-Man series tries to do their spin on it, and it doesn't really work in that either. It's it's a hard it's a hard look to pull off. So right. you gotta, but you gotta get the right people because like Mar- the Marvel Cinematic Universe is knocking it out of the park with redoing people's outfits and stuff so that they they're cool or they look good. Because right. so, you want they want they're obviously trying to to make it stylized to make it modern or slightly futuristic. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's true. And they originally, for the Spider-Man suit, they were going to go a completely different direction until a couple people came in, and they, and including Sam Raimi, and they were like, no, we're going to do this like as classic as possible because this is the big the big Spider-Man movie that we've finally wait, been waiting since the 60s to see. And then right. it still took over a year to make the Spider-Man suit, to design it to where what it actually was. So yeah. this is probably my personal favorite spider-man suit out of the spider-man movies that are that have come out like i i think tom holland's suit's pretty cool but this is just it's just my favorite personally i loved it yeah i would agree with you i guess just um yeah just because it, it just brings me back to 2002 and this was such a big deal to me and i think i'll, I'll always love that particular spider-man yeah because absolutely of, yeah so it's it gives me the feels. Oh, real, <laughs> real quick, jumping back. So that Sam Raimi short that you're talking about is called Within the Woods. Within the Woods. There we go. I Came was out so 1978. Close. Oh, but you're, you said you made a good point, and my kids were very quick to to point this out. That they were like, "Man, this is a slow movie," and 
meaning just less action, you know, compared to modern superhero movies, which generally have a ton of action. They normally have at least have two or three big sequences scattered throughout right. the movie. And that was actually something uh, when I was just kind of reading up what other people had to say after I watched the movie and had my own thoughts about it. But Roger Ebert, who was, you know, maybe is arguably the greatest film critic of all time. Mm-hmm. But he uh, he only gave it a, like a, a middle of the road rating because he thought there wasn't enough action in this movie for what it was and for what it was hyped up to be. And um, yeah, he thought that there wasn't enough action between especially between, you know, Green Goblin and Spider-Man. No, absolutely. And I the thing is, too, I think it was, I think X-Men had more action in it, but also, too, it depends on this people. This is an issue they had a long time as well. It depends on the people's superpowers, and they've gotten better and better, and so now there's literally, like, the Avengers, I think, was the first movie that people were flipping out on because they actually figured out how to, how to film sequences that were in comic books right. for years and to actually make it look just um, freaking awesome and the avengers that's, that's been my biggest problem with superman mm-hmm. is because how do you we don't know what there, there's nothing to compare him to um and i still think they're trying to i don't i don't know i still think they're they haven't yet nailed how to make superman and his battles with epic forces yeah like, look believable because to me at best it looks like a video game sequence yeah and um that's it's it's a tough a tough sell and the people are still trying to figure things out but yeah this movie i think that's why they didn't have as much action though because also too um it would have to be probably mostly cg if spider-man's swinging around the city and green goblin's flying around that would be a lot of cg right there so that's probably probably was expensive at the time sure when this well, came I also, out and i i feel like that was like i was saying earlier with cg i think less is more and i think that was probably a smart move anyways that they they played they pulled back on that because you i mean like you said the amount of action that was in the third movie or sorry the second movie mm-hmm. not the third movie that's the movie that is not to be named we don't talk about that <laughs> spider-man <laughs> yeah now they the thing that's cool or i liked about this too though the end sequence the last fight scene is pretty much on the ground when they're beating each other beating each other up in that yeah. old building and I, I it still got me it was so cool where he like gets kicked through the wall and then he looks up and there's no sound and you just see the pumpkin just slowly drop the pumpkin bomb drop and it, and you're just like oh crap and it blows right. up right in his face and that would have killed anybody any normal person so right there it shows how fast he regenerates right is, and not only that it's to me it shows i i sort of feel from one of the first times but is a hero maybe not even just a superhero but a hero who's who is vulnerable and you see which is kind of iconic because it, it would happen in the comics but you see his mask get ripped apart and he's bleeding and he's, I mean, beat the crap out of him and he's still going. And if that's one thing from the comics that you know about Spider-Man, that guy takes, he takes a beating. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's kind of one of, it's kind of his unspoken superpower <laughs> is that he can take a lick and, and then somehow just because of his drive, just keep getting back in the fight. Yeah, his recovery rate's really quick. Right, Which but it's I, but, but beyond his recovery rate, just his attitude, his mental, I can't stop, and so even though he's not fully healed yet, he's still getting after it. Yeah, and that that's pretty awesome. We another thing I thought was weird though was his spider sense. Like 
uh, like especially when he's at the fair and he's just standing there chilling and all of a sudden his spider sense goes off and the goblin's not even close not anywhere near and so i was kind of like ah, i call bs on that if we're gonna we're gonna pull comic stuff like why would that go off because like the goblin doesn't hurt anybody and doesn't hurt anybody for like the next 30 seconds and spider sense right. normally is like split second like you're about to get shot in the face right. and then like, well like this like that iconic scene in the second movie with the car coming through the the restaurant window right exactly it's like he has he has time he reacts just before something goes down and that's why he's so he's hard to get hit which i mean he does get hit a lot but right so that's the the combination superpower of that spidey sense and his lightning reflexes is that hand and glove combination to get away from danger or to rescue people or whatever right yeah it was pretty it was pretty slow (laughs) yeah not only is it tingling but then when green goblin finally shows up he's just flying around in the distance <laughs> right you're still trying to figure out what's up he's like what's going on here which they do i really like actually how they're slowly bringing in the spider sense with the new marvel movies i think that's pretty cool because at first i yeah. was like where's the spider sense and then like right. as they're bringing it in slowly i'm like okay especially the new movie yes and, and just them joking about his his peter tingle i mean just <laughs> the jokes are so good yeah oh so yeah hands down uh right now I, I J.K. Simmons nails it as J.J. Jameson, or, or, yeah, so good. J. J. Jonah. James. J. Jonah, thank you. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson nails it, and I love that they brought him back for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I That was the best part of that movie, when I was just like, yes, he's back, because I was like, how are right. they going to recast this guy? Sorry, spoilers if you haven't seen that, but the movie has been out for a year now. Right. But Get with it, people. Get with it. All right, I yeah. got it. Oh, and then also too, the so when the Green Goblin throws the bomb onto to kill all of the board of advisors, Harry and Mary Jane are like three feet away, and the bomb doesn't hurt them, but it dis, it disintegrates the other people. So I'm right. kind of like, uh, that doesn't really work, but whatever, you know. It's I mean, it's, especially when it's like an orb. It wasn't like a weapon that was directional. It's a freaking grenade. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> it's octi. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's every direction and right. but because they're important they stay alive. It's and hey, the best type of armor is script armor. Yeah. So my girls watched it and they they hadn't seen any of the older Marvel stuff. They've seen everything in the Mar in the, the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They've seen a lot of the, the DC stuff, but we're we're a big Marvel household. And uh Raising I think the only right. one they, Yeah. <laughs> which is funny because I, I it's not that i don't like dc but anyways anyways that's another that's another podcast <laughs> but uh they were excited to watch it but they they love spider-man they love tom holland and that's one thing they just could not relate to toby mcguire as spider-man because one because he was a senior in high school and he's really only in high school for a small part of the movie and then he's moved on and majority of the spider-man story in this trilogy is him as a young adult yeah and and even in the comics he's a teenager for a long time yeah fair amount you know, he's, yeah he's in high school for a for a decent amount of time uh and, and then plus there's the other series too there's ultimate there's um there's is that the one where uh the new movie the animated one uh, uh with miles the spider-verse yeah with miles morales because he's the newest Spider-Man. That's not Ultimate, is it? No, he was introduced before that. Um, they Ultimate Spider-Man was the hardcore reboot where they 
Oh, that's right. They Not redid that it, which I actually enjoyed that as well. I thought that was pretty good. Right. But anyways, um, so what they love about Tom Holland, one, like you said earlier, and I totally agree, he's a good balance of the nerd and being a good Spider-Man. And, yeah. uh, and and he's not, he doesn't try to oversell, I'm a tough guy, Spider-Man. No, he's he's still a goofy kid as Spider-Man, but it's still more believable than squeaky voice Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. Right. So they they weren't able to relate to that, but also they in the new movies, you really see, or what Peter struggles with is high school life, is, is a young person's kind of day-to-day struggles, which my kids totally um relate to and they they understand what that spider-man is going through on a day-to-day basis and dealing with growing up and whatnot and parents and teachers and bullies and friends and um and one thing that they drove that drove them nuts is the mary jane version in in this movie she's your classic damsel in distress constantly yeah girl couldn't fight her way out of a paper bag like she's just oh she has to be saved constantly and that's fine. That works with this story, and that's how that's how she was in the original comics. But um, just the way the you know the world is that my girls have grown up in, you know, seeing strong like Black Widow is one of their absolute favorite characters. I mean, yeah, in, in the Marvel MCU, which she's probably most people's, you know, up there as far as how much they like a character. Um, just an incredibly strong female character who doesn't need to be saved by a man constantly and yeah. so seeing mj in like homecoming and far from home uh, not that she doesn't need to be saved and not that she you know doesn't doesn't want that it's she can figure stuff out for her own she's a smart girl she's resourceful and that's something that the girl that my girls really liked and admired and you know i would hope strive to do themselves so that was interesting to see mm-hmm. in 18 years an outlook from a kid watching the movie then versus now. And maybe, maybe some girls, I'm sure some girls felt that way in 2002, but yeah, I think no, my girls was... had, my girls had a point for how female characters are, are shown now. Yeah. I think, had they seen movie. this movie before? Is this their first time seeing it? Uh, they had, we tried to watch it a couple years ago and we just, we watched about three quarters of it. And then it just, for whatever reason, we didn't finish it. Not that they didn't want to. Hmm. But this was we first time sitting going all the way through. Gotcha. Yeah, I thought it was interesting too. I remember Harry because in the comics, Harry Osborne is like bros with Peter, like uh-huh. like really really tight. And in this movie, he's a douchebag to Peter. Like majority yeah. of this movie, like he really is. There's there's well, not he doesn't really do anything for I Peter. S- I see why Norman doesn't like his son. <laughs> right, he's a user, and he's he's just kind of whiny help me right i need a handout daddy and it's it's funny i would actually like to know the backstory of harry and norman in this uh it'd be fun to see where like why he got to that position because yeah he's not really a friend he's kind of like he's kind of an outcast too so the just as outcasts sometimes just become friends with each other because that's the only person that's there and so then the yeah with that i was surprised though because then like obviously when he turns into the green goblin in the comics it's a huge deal. It's a big deal. And right. um and so he ends up saving he you know, he tries to kill Peter and then he ends up saving them because it comes to his senses because he, he loves them. And so 
I was just like, I don't feel bad at all for Harry Osborn in this movie, like at all. I just kind of like he's a character that is there. Right. He's necessary to move the story along, but yeah, there's not a lot of emotional yeah. attachment to him. And I wish that they had written they have Harry they have the Osborns in the new Spider Man series, which maybe they'll, they'll introduce him probably at some point. Sure. But, yeah, especially because it's a it's a solid reboot. That's he's right. too too big of a character to not bring back. I mean, Green Goblin's right there as far as a arch nemesis, you know, for Spider Man. Oh yeah, he's a he's one of the biggies for sure. He's one, I think he's one of the oldest villains that Spider Man has as well. Yeah, because Venom obviously people think of Venom as the big villain, but he actually came out in the nineties. He's a new villain technically. Yeah. All right, give me your last thoughts, man. Uh, let's see, what we got here. It's kind of cool. Hugh Jackman was actually supposed to have a cameo as Wolverine. So even back then, Kevin Feige was working on the X Men movies back in the day, and so he was always involved with Marvel movies for a long time before Marvel. The Marvel uh, company, what am I trying to say? The Marvel Studios actually was released with Iron Man. Iron Man was the first movie that was released under Marvel Studios with their own. Right. But also released under Disney. No, Iron Man 1 wasn't, but Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2 was when Disney bought them, and Iron Man 2 was the last movie that wasn't funded by Disney, but it was released under Disney's name. And then um, after that, they were, yeah, put out by Disney. But I don't remember who, because I think uh, Universal Studios had the Incredible Hulk. Anyways, yeah. So I'm trying to let's see what we got. There's there's a lot of great lot of great scenes from this movie. I love the <laughs> I love the teacher that's like constantly where he's like the next person who talks will feel this course. I right. can not. Like he's just so, <laughs> he's whispering he's so, the entire time. He's so time. cool and tough. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. You were talking through that woman's entire presentation. Let's go talk about how we <laughs> listen. I feel like Keenan Michael Key should have been that character. He would be in the remake. <laughs> Absolutely. He would nail it. He'd be a little bit angrier, but he would. Oh, nail yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, it's yeah. Uh, just there's a lot of little fun things in this. There's so many lines, so many sequences in this movie that just bring joy to me. Yeah. And there's a couple parts that were like actually cringy, cheesy later in the movie. But majority of this movie, though, was like just it hit me in the right spot that sweet sure. cheesy spot i do actually I have one last thing that actually that i remembered being a big deal to me when i had first seen this back in the day so as you recall 9-11 had happened the year before huge event right kids these days have no idea because they weren't alive they don't it's something that's talked about uh i mean it's like vietnam for me i you know wasn't born yet but I see the after effects. I see how other people were affected by it. Yeah. But anyways, 9-11 happened. And the it's it's corny and cheesy in the movie. But at the end, when Green Goblin's forcing a showdown with Peter and he's got the the tr- uh, the gondola car, whatever, full of kids and Mary Jane. And Peter has to save them both. And then uh, Green Goblin's just, you know, taking easy shots on Peter. And then all the New Yorkers on the bridge just start throwing stuff at the Green Goblin. Hey, leave him alone, man. We're New Yorkers. We take care of our own. And right. it's you mess with corny. one of us. You mess with all of us. <laughs> right. And it just, it was so weird, but not weird, but it, I totally had like a lot of, in the moment, I had a lot of pride for New Yorkers. Like, not from New yeah. York. I actually don't even have a big desire to ever go to New York. No offense, New Yorkers. I'm just not a big city guy. And, but I have a lot of respect for the city. Our, our grandparents are from there. 
uh, we, we have mm-hmm. that family tie to the city and, but just that pride coming out and that, Hey, nothing's going to mess with us. We're resilient. We protect our own. And just with the emotion of having, you know, experienced across the other side of the United States, nine 11 happened. That was kind of a big deal. And I know it was like an easy, yeah, get everybody pumped, but it meant something to me in that moment. Oh no, absolutely. Actually, they went back and reshot that scene afterwards um, to add more uh, New Yorker moments of New York pride because yeah, this, I mean, 9-11 happened in September of 2001. This movie came out, was already scheduled to come out July of 2002. Right. And so since New York is a character in this movie, it was, yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, it was devastating when that happened. I, I was just like, people at the time, I remember our parents were talking about how they remember when they were in school when Kennedy was shot yeah. and how that just like shook everybody up dramatically. And so... With yeah, with this, it was a big deal, and it, you, that New York Pride was was a big deal of time of uh, healing and tragedy. And so right. this movie, I think, might have been another reason why it was perfect timing, sort of. But yeah, I, yeah, I didn't even think about that. But it was definitely a boost to to New Yorkers, and a you know, there was already the heroes of the firefighters and the police and the paramedics and everyone that that helped. Yeah, uh, in night you know, that day, and here's a superhero who. You know, loves New York and wants to protect New York. So yeah, it was pretty awesome. It was good. Did you have uh, any issues with this uh, with this movie? Uh, I mean, other than the the obvious one, I mean, a lot of what we talked about just it really wasn't that action packed, which I didn't really think about that mm-hmm. um, at the time. It was just so amazing. But I love the story. So every everything I loved everything about it in the moment. Um there's some dated cgi and like i was saying it would have been more enjoyable to watch standard death yeah because it just didn't you know you watch on a high def tv it just really points out any any things that were trying to be hidden oh yeah it was not filmed with that in mind no and that was fine but i um yeah i don't really have a whole lot else to really pick on it it is it is what it is and you can see what grew from it yeah, absolutely. It's a major stepping stone into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, for sure. Yeah, I feel like it was fairly faithful to the original comics, which I was a huge fan of. Yes, I agree. And I remember, too, like with the new one, new movies, how they're kind of doing their own thing. Um, I haven't read comics in a while, so I don't know if they're following the new comics. But now it's like, now I give them my blessing, because... You know, they, they did they did what they did, and it's the, things are going to keep constantly keep changing. And so now I'm just along for the ride. Let's see where yeah. this goes. Yeah, it's fun. It's kind of fun not knowing, you know, right. not being, you know, hey, they missed that up. Oh, that's not right. You know, it's kind of right. nice being in the dark a little bit. All right. So let's uh, let's roll on to uh, final adjust adjustments. <laughs> final adjustments. Final yeah. adjustments. Yeah. Okay, I'm good. You good? Final. I'm adjusted. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're good. Yeah, final options here. Let's see what we got here. Opinions. So, That's the word yes. I'm looking for. The opinions. Uh, how do you, do you feel like it hit the mark? Uh, released in 2002. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Blew it away. Hands yeah. down. What do you think? I give it, a, I give it an A. a for, I give it an A plus for nailing the, sticking the landing. It didn't make, sure. a, didn't make a billion dollars, but not a movie's made a billion dollars uh, until later when people had more money to spend and inflation. Sure. Oh, I wanted to say this, though. This movie was the first movie. Uh, it, it beat out 
every other movie up to this time. I'm not sure what other movies beat it since then, but I think even for inflation, it's still one of the fastest movies to hit over $100 million in like one or two days. Yeah. And that was, especially it's, at the time, it was huge. It's still ranked fairly high in a lot of, uh, you know, money-making records for movies. It's, right. It's, it's still doing all right for 18 years later. And especially for it being the first movie in a series, because like right. obviously Avengers Endgame, everybody and their mom and their mom's mom saw that movie the opening weekend, right? Because that was a huge cliffhanger. They're like, "Who's nobody's gonna tell me what the movie is? I gotta go see that film for oh, myself," yeah. you know? Yeah. But anyways, okay, yeah. Uh, second one, do you think is that it, it stands? Oh wait, go ahead. What's up? No, I was gonna say what you're saying. Oh, do you think it stands the test of time? Is it still relevant today? I gotta give it a C. I don't think, I really don't, I don't think it's terrible, but I think it's, by today's standards, I'd say it's middle of the road. I've definitely seen some horrible stuff. You watch Batman and Robin. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty bad movie, but (sighs) I feel like this does better. I have not. And I'm not um, even hating on Batman and Robin because those are fun movies. (laughs) Oh, I know a lot of people love Batman and Robin and Batman forever and stuff, which, um, I actually, I never finished watching Batman and Robin. Couldn't I couldn't finish it. <laughs> um, and I like terrible films, so I don't know if maybe I just wasn't in the right mindset. But right. Any, anyways, uh, George Clooney is in better things. So, uh, okay, see, yeah, that's lower is. than I expected. But um, I would rate this movie in, like I was referencing before, it is just as big of a deal as Superman and Batman, the, the original movies, in my opinion, of like history. So... Um, I gotta give it a B. Um, is it still relevant? Because it is movie making history, I believe. Yeah. It's very a, that is a very good point. It's extremely influential in the Marvel movies to come after that. This cause before this literally X Men was a was a pretty solid film, but uh, it wasn't a blowout like this movie. This was the first right. official The second X Men f- film was definitely a... Oh, oh my gosh. But part of that though was because of Spider Man. People yeah. were like, Oh, it's another Marvel film. Gotta see it. Let's go check out X-Men. I hadn't even right. heard of the X-Men movie before I saw Spider-Man. And wow. then when X2 came out, dude, I was pumped. I was, I saw the first X-Men movie and I enjoyed it. And, you know, X2 is a way better film than the first one. But anyways. Right. Um, well, speaking of history, uh, watchers, this is the first time uh, in the history of the show that I gave a lower score than my brother. So there uh, you have it. That's true, actually. No, that's a good point, because normally I'm harder on films. That's true. Right. Okay, oh. here we go. The big All one. All right. Personal, so what did, personal enjoyment. What did you, uh, your, what's your personal enjoyment, Josh? So, again, and this it surprised me, because I'm usually very sentimental, and, and usually my sen- sentimentality sways me in my voting, but... <laughs> the, the Patriot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big time. <laughs> And I give it a C plus for personal oh, okay. enjoyment. I yeah, I enjoyed it, but like, I'm not in a hurry to go rewatch it now. Some of this, to be fair, I've seen this movie a lot because okay. this was one of my favorite movies for a long time. I was I was just so into it. I just, I also own my I still have the original DVD that I bought when, yeah. when it finally dropped. So it's I've just seen it a lot. So it's hard. It was a little bit harder for me to. Again, I think I like the second one better. I think when that one's on. But but again, if this came on at night, I'd probably watch it for a little bit too. But still, I got to give it a C+. All right. Gotcha. Hit me. C+. 
All right, man. No, I think this is a this is my first um, A of the series. So oh my far. gosh! Wow. So yeah, this movie, uh, it, yeah, is not a perfect film by any means. It, sure. Yeah, it definitely has some major flaws. It's cheesy. It's dated. But I was just watching it the other day, and I just had so many good memories and so many sequences in this movie. I really enjoyed. It does get slower at the end of the movie, and the movie doesn't have a really doesn't leave you with a great feeling when it's over but that first three-fourths of the film though for me is just pure enjoyment i'm just sure. i'm just enjoying it i'm enjoying the cheesiness of it it's just brings back a lot of memories yeah um it it's kind of funny okay so this is where i'm a little so we haven't really def- we defined a little bit of what a midnight watch is and so i give this movie an a for personal enjoyment but it's not a midnight watch for me though it depends on the the where it's at um that i would watch this i wouldn't like start this movie halfway through and like finish watching it so it's not a midnight watch but it is an a so all right so here is you heard it from us we got an a from me for the uh spider-man and we got a c plus personal enjoyment for josh but not a uh not a midnight watch though from either one of us yet right so so i guess we average out as a b yeah that makes sense yeah but it's a, it was a huge moment for us to go see this movie. I'm definitely fond of the memory of going to see this movie with you and what that movie meant to me back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, this was a big I like deal. I'm, I feel like I'm justifying my C. Well, <laughs> you, know, you got to live with yourself. So I know. How will I? <laughs> All, All right. right. So if anybody cares out there. No, okay. Let me try this again. And here is, so here we go with the quote for our next movie next mo- next week, dropping next Friday. I can get the part from Bristol. It'll take two weeks. Here's your palmade. Two weeks? That don't do me no good. Nearest Ford Auto Man's Bristol. Hold on. I don't want this palmade. <laughs> I want Dapper Dan. I don't carry Dapper Dan. I carry Fop. I don't want Fop. Gosh dang it. I'm a Dapper Dan man. Watch your language, young feller. This is a public market. Now, if you want Dapper Dan, I can order it for you. Have it in a couple of weeks. Well, ain't this a geographical oddity? Two weeks from everywhere. I cannot wait to review this movie. Dude. <laughs> for all the movies that we've already done, this movie, hands down, is the most quotable for sure. We had uh, a hard time picking the quote. on. The, we oh, literally, my gosh. Before we started f- recording tonight, we just went back and forth on quotes from this movie <laughs> for, like, literally a solid five minutes. <laughs> it just, this movie has tons of quotes, uh... Give it your yeah. I definitely hope that somebody figures out this movie. That that, that yeah. this movie. Please somebody chime in. Give us a well. I'll probably drop a teaser, a teaser pick on a uh, on the gram and Facebook. So, <laughs> well, that's it, uh, webheads for the for today. If you want to check out this movie, um, I actually yeah, I own this movie and I own two copies of this movie. I Dang, own three copies fan. of the super movie. fan. <laughs> I have a tattoo of this. No, I don't. <laughs> of the Blu-ray of this movie, of the DVD. <laughs> the front cover of this movie is on my lower back. So, <laughs> and it's in widescreen. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a full screen widescreen DVD joke for everybody who doesn't care. So, all right. Uh, did you, you said, you, did you watch this movie on your own copy or did you actually? Yes, no, I had, I had my own copy as well. But I did look it up and it is on Stars right now. If you have a subscription to Stars, you can check that out. Oh, I'm glad you checked that. I totally didn't. I was like, oh, I own this movie. This is easy. 
Cool. Well, thank you so much to our sound producer, Jake Colvin. And uh, if any, if you enjoyed this episode, then we'd love it if you shared it with your friends and family. Anybody you think you might like it, anybody you think may not like it, please share share away. But if you want to annoy people, get them to listen to it, and then yeah. Anyways, yeah, I have a friend who's like, I have a friend. Talk it up, people. Talk it up. (laughs) Yeah, talk it up, please. Uh, But I have a friend who is like, I don't listen to podcasts. It'll make me sleepy. And I was like, then just press play every night and listen to it. (laughs) Right. And when you wake up in the morning, give it a five star. Give it a five star. Speaking of which, please subscribe. Give us a, we'd love to have five star ratings. Boost those ratings. Get us uh, uh, more uh, more people checking us out in uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Also, whatever you listen to it on, if it's... uh, we're you on know, Google those Podcasts, other ones. We're yeah, on Google, Stitcher, yeah. Spotify. That's the one I was tripping over. Spotify. Uh, yeah, there's there's several. Uh, yeah, but anyways, we'd we'd appreciate you guys checking it out, uh, getting other people to give it a listen. If you'd like to contact us, please give us an email: the Midnight Watch Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at the Midnight Watch Podcast, and also you can check us out on Facebook. Yes, and also, if we're wrong about information, which we are totally wrong, I've already, uh, on sometimes, like, for example, when I corrected Josh on Ewan McGregor saying that he's actually from Scotland, then I put my foot in my mouth, Albert Finney is British, and I was like, he's actually Scottish too, so, there you have it, I totally don't know what I'm talking about half the time, so. That's right, call us on our mistakes, please. Yes, please correct us after you give us a five-star rating. (laughs) (laughs) all right guys (laughs) thank you so much uh you have an amazing week and as always keep up the watch